This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris. I'm lead pastor here at Grace River Church. And I want to say thank you so much for watching online at home. Today we are in week three of a sermon series that we're calling Battle Ready. Uh, and we're talking really about how we can prepare you for the battles that we face every single day in life. Every single one of us are up against something. Every single one of us face something. And it's because of Jesus that you and I can be battle ready, equipped for whatever comes our way. And so today we're actually going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, this is actually a seven-week study in the book of Ephesians. And so if you want to follow along on your YouVersion uh, app, you're welcome to, or in your Bible. Uh, I'll also have verses on the screen as well. And again, I just want to say thank you so much for checking us out online. It says a ton about you and your spiritual development that you'd carve out some time to learn more about Jesus, learn more about yourself, uh, and learn more about how you could take a next step as you meet, know, and follow him. And so let's jump into this talk today. Ephesians chapter 2 is where we're at. I want to ask the question, man, what is uh, the battle that you're up against? So what is it that you battle? We all have a battle. What is your battle? And so your battle may be insecurity. Your battle may be addiction. Your battle may be people-pleasing. Your battle may be anxiety or depression. Uh, no telling what your battle is, but I know this today. Every single person watching or listening to this talk knows this, man. We are all up against a battle. Nobody, nobody's life is perfect. So every single one of us have something that we're working through. And so I just want to encourage you to think, man, what is my battle and how uh, can God meet me with that battle? What can God do to prepare me for that battle? In fact, before we go any further, can I just pray for you right now? I want to just jump into this and just pray. And let's ask God, to help us with the next step as we pray. So let's bow our heads and close your eyes. Unless you're driving, then don't do that. But let's pray together. Father, I'm thankful for my friends watching today. I pray that every single one of us would understand our, our clear next step. Uh, that we not only understand that next step, but that we have the courage to actually take it. And so God, I thank you again for this day that you've given us. Help us to give it to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all of this. Amen. And so um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes and he says this, there was a time once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. So he just opens up chapter two, just reminding us that we haven't always been a Christian. So I wanna remind you today uh, of the myth that you've always been a Christian. You haven't always been spiritually alive. There was a time in your life whenever you were spiritually dead. And so you may be fully alive physically. Uh, it's possible to be fully alive physically, but to also be spiritually dead at the same time. Most of the time, we don't even realize that there's a disconnection between us and God. Uh, typically speaking, spiritually dead people don't understand. Uh, but here, here's what it is. There's a time in everyone's life uh, when we're unresponsive to God. Every single one of us have a time in our lives where we're unresponsive to God. And so uh, it's like this. If I was physically unresponsive, if I physically had a heart attack dropped on the ground right now, I would need someone uh, to do mouth to mouth. I would need someone to resuscitate. I would need someone to restart my heart. I am incapable, and so are you incapable, of restarting your own heart. If you were to drop right now, you couldn't do that yourself. And spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, you are unable uh, to restart your own life spiritually. You needed someone to step into your life, and that someone is Jesus. And so Spiritually dead people are essentially unresponsive to God. And so you're unresponsive to his wisdom. Uh, it's just not being listened to. You're unresponsive uh, to, to him, his love being felt in your life. You're unresponsive to guidance in his life. You're unresponsive essentially just to him in general. And man, can you remember the time in your life? It may be even right now. 
But can you remember the time in your life when you were unresponsive to God? That you would hear about God and you would dismiss him very quickly. You'd hear about his love and you would go, yeah, not, that's not for me. You would hear about his guidance and you would go, yeah, that's not for me. You'd hear about his instruction or his way to live your life and you thought, no, that's not for me. And man, I, I can take you back to the, the season of my life uh, that I lived like that. And I, I didn't know it at the time, but I was unresponsive of God and essentially to God. And essentially, Paul comes right out of the gate here in Ephesians chapter two, verse one, and tells us that we're doomed. We're doomed. Uh, and the reasons why we think that we're doomed sometimes uh, are our boss, our spouse, our coworkers, or politics. But essentially, the reason why we're doomed is because of our sin. The reason why uh, the reason why we have battles, the reason why we have difficulties is not because of our boss, our spouse, our coworkers, or politics. What it really is about, it's about us. It's that we're sinful. And Paul comes right out of the gate in Ephesians 2 verse 1 and says, man, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. And so essentially he's just coming out and just telling us this, man, this is the way that you used to live. You haven't always lived for God. There was a day in your life when you lived like the rest of the world. You lived like everybody else. And the reality is, is most people aren't concerned about the condition of their soul. The majority of people out there don't really think about when you when you're spiritually disconnected from God, when you're unresponsive to him, you're not really thinking about the condition of your soul all that often. You know, instead, uh, you're, you're thinking about the condition of the golf course. Like, I mean, you know, has it been, has it been groomed right, right? Uh, or you're thinking about the condition of your kids or the condition of, of your financial package or whatever. Like, we're concerned about our favorite sports team and maybe why uh, the Cardinals are going through a bit of a cold streak right now. And that's the main concern in our heart. When you're spiritually not responsive to God, you're not really concerned about your own soul. You're concerned about a lot of other things, but when you think about your soul, when you think about eternity, when you think about your relationship with God, because you're unresponsive, you don't even know that the relationship is broken between you and God. And if that's you today, I just think that it's great for you to become aware that you can't fix yourself, that you can't save yourself, that on your own, you needed somebody to step into your life. Religion would tell you this, that you have to do better and try harder to get to God. But what the Bible teaches us, really what, what we call the gospel, which is the good news, what it teaches us is this, is that because we were incapable of fixing this ourselves, that God bankrupted heaven and sent his only son from heaven to earth to come and die for us. And so what if, though, uh, if you're listening today and you're unresponsive to God, or if you're listening today and you're, you, you would say, man, I'm spiritually alive, but it's been a long time since I've lived that way, what if God had more for you? Like, what if in your life God had more for you, more purpose, more joy, more influence? Like, what if there was more? And I want you to know there is more. There's more to your life than your hobby. There's more to your life than your money. There's more to life than your relationships. There's more to life than your kids even. And none of those are awful things. But what if, what if you would listen to God who's saying this to you, man, I can offer you real purpose, that it's more than just about your career? What if God said, I can offer you more joy? It's not just about your present circumstance, that you can have joy even in the midst of a battle. And that it's, it's maybe God's saying, man, you could have even more influence, that he wants to give you an opportunity to let generations of people know what the purpose of their life could be. God, God can give you that. And I want you to know there is more for your life than what you're living right now. So if, 
the next verse uh, helps us to see even more uh, the importance of the bad news. Because uh, here's the thing. In verse 4, we get to hear about the good news. Verse, verses 1 through 3 is all bad news. It's important that we know what the bad news is so we can experience the good news. Look at this in verse 3. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By, by our own nature, we, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Man, we all used to live this way. I mean, I, I can remember days in high school whenever I had Christian friends and my non-Christian friends. And depending on who I was around, that's how I would act. You, you, can you relate with that at all? I, I don't know if you can even relate with that today. That maybe you've got your small group that you're around, or maybe you've got your Christian friends that you're in a Bible study with, and you act one way around them, but then when you get around your coworkers at work, you're kind of a different person. Or uh, you act one way with a certain group of people, but when you're alone, you act a different way, right? And so essentially what Paul is saying here, man, we all used to live that way. And it's important that we make a distinction to see that, man, when we live that way, this is, the, this is the, the tip of the bad news. This is the thing that I don't like to talk about. When we live that way, what we're living under is we're living under God's wrath. That we look at there, by our, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger. And man, I don't wanna live under God's anger. Like when you're spiritually unresponsive, you don't even realize it, but you and God aren't friends. I mean, that's hard to hear. That's hard to even say. But when you're running the opposite way from God, doing your own thing, essentially saying, hey, I'm, I'm in charge. I don't need a God. I don't need the, someone to lord over my life. Essentially what you're saying is, is that, man, I, I'm an enemy of God. So there's a shift that has to happen. And, and this is what's so important. Uh, there, there's a shift that happens really in verse four. Because verses one through three is really tough to hear. Verses one through three is like, man, we, we need help desperately. Spiritually dead people don't understand their relationship with God is broken. That's the biggest danger is that you can live your entire life not fully understanding that this is, is broken. So to fully understand the, the good news, you have to know what the bad news is. So what is the bad news? So far, Paul has told us this, you're dead, you're disobedient, and you're doomed forever. Hey, uh, have a great day right? Like, aren't you glad the, this passage of scripture doesn't stop here? Because we see here in verse four, what happens next? I love verse four. I don't love verses one through three because it just reminds us of the bad news. But in order for us to accept and receive the good news, we have to understand what our current condition without God would be. And right now you may be living under bad news, but here's the thing. There's hope. And there's hope because of two words that are three letters. But God, look at this, but God is so rich in mercy, he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, so even though we were rebellious, even though we we're running the opposite direction, even though we were dead in our sins, which means this, we didn't have a shot. So those of you that think, I'm gonna allow my good to outweigh my bad, and then at the end of my life, it's all gonna sort out, no, what Paul tells us, what he wrote 2,000 years ago is this, is that we're dead, even in our best of days. We're dead because of our sins, our shortcomings, our failures, our regrets, our guilt, our shame. We're dead because of this. But look at this. He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you've been saved. 
What I find most exciting about this, but also most troubling about this, is no other world religion says but God. Every other world religion says this. It says that, man, it's but you. Every other world religion says, hey, you. Buddha would tell you, hey, you. What you can do is you can cease from your desire, like you can cease from your own desires. Hindu would say you can detach yourself from your ego and you can find unity with the divine. Islam would say uh, you can live a life of good deeds and obedience and that will save you. New age would tell you you can gain a new perspective and you are divine. Divinity is in you. That's what world religions would say, is that you can save yourself. What Christianity says is this, is but God. It's not about you. It's about what's been done for you. So in Ephesians 2, verse 8, we see this passage. It says, God saved us by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this gift from God. You think about gifts. I can't take credit for a gift. I mean, how ridiculous is even birthday gifts, right? You get a birthday gift, I always joke with people on their birthday, well, how'd you do it? You just kept staying alive. That's how you had a birthday, right? But we, get, we give each other birthday gifts, even though we don't really deserve them, because all you did was stay alive. And that's great that you did that, and you're still alive if you're watching this today, which is awesome, right? But reality is, though, gifts aren't earned. They're just simply given. And when it comes to the grace of God, it was given to you. So salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. I mean, this is a cornerstone piece of our faith. You and I can't brag about what, we, what we've done. We were, we're spiritually dead and we become spiritually alive, not because of what we've done, but because of what God has done for us. Recently, uh, I, a couple months ago, I was at the airport and my key fob died on my keys. And I was on a, a three or four day trip and I got back and it had been acting up a little bit in the days leading up to the trip. But when I got back uh, to the airport and to go uh, get in my car from the long-term parking lot, I went to unlock my car and my car was unresponsive. I, I pressed the fob and then I tapped it and I pressed it again and I pressed it again. And then I, I took the fob and took it up to the door and pressed the button on the door, hoping I could get access into my car. I was locked out of my car. I was... My car was unresponsive uh, for me to even get access into it. And you're thinking, well, hopefully he has a spare key at home, right? And he just got an Uber ride and that was it. And the answer is I don't have a spare key. Whenever I bought the car, it came with one key, leading me to be trapped in the Lambert Airport parking lot with no key that actually works. So what makes a, spirit, a dead car come back to life again? Like what makes it happen, right? Well, you have to, you have to jumpstart it. You have to get... Uh, a new key fob, so $500 later, I paid this guy to give me a new key fob, and he was able to reprogram my key, give me access into my car. But the th reality is, is I couldn't have done that myself. I needed someone else to step in to help me get my car responsive. And today, I'm telling you something, man. You may be hearing this, and you may feel like you're spiritually dead. Like, for the first time, maybe you understand that there's nothing you could have done to fix your condition with God on your own. And that's what Ephesians 2 verse 8 tells us. But the good news continues on. In fact, Jesus himself says this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8. He says this. He says, keep on asking and you're going to receive whatever you ask for. Keep on seeking, you're going to find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone 
who knocks the door, it will be opened. So I wonder today, man, you're in one of two places. You're either spiritually alive or you're spiritually dead. You're in one of those two places. And today, if you would say, man, I'm spiritually alive, maybe you haven't been living like that for a while. Like maybe, maybe you've, you've forgotten what it was that God saved you from. You've forgotten how you now have power, not because of what you've done, but because of what's been done for you. Maybe it's time, your next step, for those of us that would say that we're spiritually alive, your next step is to start living like it. That, man, you can face any battle in your life because of what Jesus has done. But maybe you're in category number two, where for the first time you realize, dude, I'm, I'm spiritually dead. Like, I'm, I'm not where I thought I was. And there's really great news for you. Today, you can become spiritually alive. Today, in just a moment, you can say, God, I am all yours. I'm no longer calling the shots. You are. To, become, to cross over from spiritual death to spiritual life, all it simply takes is you recognizing who you are, who God is, and then responding to that, declaring him to be the Lord of your life. So are you ready to take that next step? If you are, would you just simply bow your heads and close your eyes with me just for a moment? And just in the stillness of this moment, wherever you're at today, whatever's going on in your life, I don't know what your battle is, but I know this, man. Life makes a whole lot more sense with God than without him. So whatever you're up against, whatever the struggle is, maybe today's the day you just give that over to God. And maybe today is the day that you recognize that, man, you've been spiritually unresponsive to him. And you recognize that you needed somebody to step into your life and to be your savior. And that person is Jesus. See, what Jesus did is he took on all of our guilt, all of our shame, all of our mistakes, and he was, he, he was nailed to the cross for all of those things. The good news is that when he, when he died, he didn't stay dead, that three days later he resurrects. And today, you can claim him to be the Lord of your life. So we do that with me with heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you're here listening today and you're just ready to receive that. You could pray a prayer like this. God, thank you for sending your only son for me. I'm grateful that he went to the cross for all of my shame, for all of my guilt, for all of my sin. And today, God, for the first time, I'm responsive to you. I recognize that I could have never done this myself, that I needed a savior to step in. And so God, thank you for sending Jesus. Today, I believe that for the first time. I confess you and only you to be the Lord of my life. And God, help me to live every day of my life, not for me, but for you. Thank you for saving me and for making me a Christian. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all of this. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.